0: Hello, and welcome back to Future Star, the best podcast ever, as we all know. Um, And again, I want to start us off with a really important question, which today is, how does a man on the moon cut his hair? Eclipse it. (laughs) That one's genuine laughter. I had to re-record it because I laughed too hard the first time I told that one, so you couldn't really hear it. Uh, But anyways, let's get started. So, welcome back. Really quickly, I want to address the controversy um, that's going on in literally just my own head. Because I was listening back to one of the podcasts the other day, um, which was, (laughs) it was okay we're getting better though. And I said that nitrogen was 95% of the atmosphere and it's not. It's only 80% of Earth's atmosphere and I know you guys were probably going crazy. Um but yeah, I apologize. That one's on me. I also know that I said in the very first like intro podcast that cosmos was uh meant the universe, but it doesn't. It's like the organization of the universe. Um And I know there's a huge campaign to cancel me right now. um, But, you know, we all make mistakes. (sighs) Anyways, this week I started a new job teaching. And the first class I'm teaching is called Earth Space Science. And let me tell you, I was quite excited. And it, it starts off with space, and then it goes into, like, oceanography, meteorology, geology. Not really excited about the last three. And I was talking to one of my students, and I was like, so do you like space? And he goes, not really. And I was like, wow, he's in for a long semester, a long year, but there you go. I also told my school in like my bio that I have a podcast. So my biggest fear is that somebody actually searches for me and finds this, but great school. Love it so far. Um, And there you go. Also, I would like to apologize because I like pause the episode sometimes and like start talking again and every single time the microphone makes this annoying noise and I don't know why and I keep trying to edit it out because I'll like trim it, but it doesn't actually trim it out. I'm working on it. Maybe I've already figured it out by the time this posts, so we will see. So last weekend, a week ago, I was in Joshua Tree, which is like the desert of California and I was there with a bunch of high schoolers. It was wonderful. It was wonderful m- for one main reason, and that is the dang stars. They were crazy. I used to work up in Big Bear, and I was like, wow, stars. And that's when I started kind of looking at like constellations and all of that. But whew, LA really does not do stars any justice. If you look at Orion's belt here in LA, you'll see like the arms or the shoulders and the knees and the belt but if you go anywhere like merely dark you'll see like the belts and you can see like all of this craziness so 10 out of 10 recommend for that one um, I do feel kind of bad for the students I was there with because I'd like try and point out constellations and I know that they didn't care that much but you know there you go even they would like point out the wrong constellations they'd be like that's the Big Dipper and I'd be like not even close but I'm not I'm not trying to be a star snob um so I I just let them go for it. Um, but all that to say, I was listening to a podcast today with Neil deGrasse Tyson, um, his podcast called Star Talk, 10 out of 10 recommend. And he had someone on who is an astrophysicist, and she's also like an indigenous person, um, Native American, and she is from Minnesota. And she was talking about like the work that she does um, working, I think it's called like the dark sky conservation and how they like try and protect the um, light well try to get rid of light pollution and protect the dark sky because in so many places such as LA it's literally impossible to just go outside and look up at the sky not just because of clouds and all of that but because of how bad light pollution is um you really have to like go to the beach in LA if you want to see anything um and I really liked that and um how especially today there's like so much we can do at night, such as binge watch TV, and how rarely does anyone say like "You know what i'm going to do tonight is look at the stars that the uh, people two thousand years ago were staring at um, I really liked that anyways, going on from there, what I want to talk about today is my least favorite quote ever, and that is i'm totally paraphrasing here um, he, we're all stardust or we are made of the stars and every single time i see a tumblr quote like that i do want to gag a little bit but the unfortunate truth is that as you start to study what stars are and what they're made of Well, unfortunately, we are stardust. We are made of stars and all of that. And today, I wanted to go through the life cycle of a star a little bit. It's so fun, like, sitting here on Earth and looking up at all of these tiny lights up in the sky and being like, ooh, stars. But what I never think about, at least, is that they're actually these, like, raging, massive, inconceivably hot balls of fire that are just so far away, inconceivably far away. Um, And we just like look up at them and be like, ooh, that looks like a bear. So we're gonna talk a little bit about my favorite cycle, the star cycle. This is literally always my favorite thing to teach and I'm so excited that I get to teach it in a little bit minier version um, to my next class but during my research and I do this topic all the time but trying to be more scientifically accurate or scientifically accurate um, all I came up with was more questions and I think that's one of my biggest problems is I just sit there and as all scientists probably do you just sit there and you go but why but why but why and as I was researching more and more All I came up with was more questions so I feel like this is a very like surface level uh, star cycle um, and I wish I could perfectly explain the star cycle without any gaps but some answers maybe I'm just not able to get or maybe also um, the world just hasn't been able to get yet because of the complexity um, and the distance of these stars so all that to say is that writing this episode it just made my head one explode at times, but there you go. So just like the water cycle, carbon cycle, nitrogen cycle, there's also a star cycle. Um, and so that's what we're going to start with today. So as this is a cycle, there are infinite places where we can start, but I always love to start at the beautiful baby births of stars. And Hubble has captured the most incredible um, colorful pictures of this um, birth of a star Um, and so let's go ahead and start there and these are called stellar nebulas so a stellar nebula is basically a giant cloud of dust and gas and about 70% of that is just hydrogen so in our entire universe, about 70% of it is going to be hydrogen. Um, And the other parts are just going to be um, smaller elements, hydrogen, helium, lithium. At the very, very beginning of the universe, at the Big Bang, we started with a bunch of subatomic particles scattered around, so protons, neutrons, electrons, and those came together to start to form hydrogen. Hydrogen is made up of one proton, uh, typically one neutron and one electron, um, which will be important for the future, um, but we'll talk about that later. And so we start off with this giant dust, basically. And so how does that even begin to form um, a a star, a a giant ball of fire? So here on earth we have some gravity if we jump up we are going to be attracted to the earth and come back down um same with uh the sun right the sun has even more gravity because it's even bigger and it attracts the earth into it but just because the sun has more gravity that doesn't mean that the earth um has its gravity taken away, right? So even though the Earth is smaller, it still has some gravity. And just like me and you are significantly smaller than the Earth, we still have tiny, tiny amounts of gravity. It is basically negligible. That is something I'll work on. Anyways, I'm gonna move on from that. Tiny, tiny amounts of gravity, but we still have a little bit of gravity. So in this giant cloud of dust and gas, these hydrogen particles have a tiny amount of gravity. And so these dust particles are going to start to gather more dust and gas, right? So the small ones will collect the even smaller pieces of dust and gas, and now you have two pieces of dust and gas, and that will attract more and more and more and it takes a while, but eventually it's going to be a giant dense ball of hydrogen. And if it gets dense enough, it will start to create some heat and if it gets hot enough, it is going to go ahead and create um, or begin the process of nuclear fusion. And as soon as this giant hydrogen ball starts doing nuclear fusion, we get to call it a protostar. But what happens if it doesn't get enough um, density and heat to start doing this thing called nuclear fusion? It becomes a failed star. Um, And one of my favorite things to point out is that Earth could possibly be one of those failed stars. so everything in our solar system had the potential to be a star, but it didn't get enough mass, didn't start that nuclear fusion. So um, we are failed stars. Um, we'll get into that a little bit more later. Um, but if a star starts doing this fusion, um, it will uh, become a star. And so that is something similar to our sun. And our sun is something called a main sequence star. So we start as a stellar nebula, then we get to protostar, and then we go ahead and become a main sequence star. So inside of these stars, obviously some sort of energy heat solar heat is being produced and this happens from nuclear fusion and not to get confused with nuclear fission and Nuclear fission is what we do here on earth in reactors and it's about 4,000 degrees in these reactors um, and On the Sun they do something called nuclear fusion fission fusion it gets a little confusing but they fuse together really really tiny elements so hydrogen in the center of the star starts to get fused together to create something called deuterium which is basically hydrogen but a little bit heavier because it has an extra neutron and then this deuterium will most likely get hit with another hydrogen and that will finally become helium so we went from hydrogen in the center and then we got to helium and then it will move to bigger and bigger elements. In a star like our sun, um, the biggest element it can create is iron. So we go from hydrogen to helium to all of these elements until we get iron. Iron is still at the lower end of the sizes when it comes to the periodic table. Um, So we still haven't figured out why we have all of these different elements, but we will get there eventually. One thing that I want to point out is that like the 1980s there was like a huge push to figure out how to do the nuclear fusion that is done on the stars here on earth because if we were able to do nuclear fusion efficiently um, that would be the best um, energy source ever so if you um, one day want to start researching that and you discover an efficient way to do nuclear fusion you will be rich beyond your wildest dreams A few things I want to go back and mention is let's start with gravity and how does gravity play into um, a star. So, as we know, there's energy shooting out of the sun, right? If you go outside on a hot day, you can feel the energy from the sun hitting you and that energy is what keeps the star from collapsing in on itself. So what is opposing this fusion that's shooting out so the star doesn't totally explode is gravity. So gravity pushes the star and keeps it together, but what keeps the star from um, imploding on itself is this nuclear fusion. So some possible issues are, this nuclear fusion that's happening inside of the star right it goes from hydrogen it goes to helium it goes all the way up to iron but eventually once we have a completely iron core there's not really that much nuclear fusion that can be happening Um, we've reached the limit it's a million degrees inside of the star and that is super duper hot however it's not enough to fuse iron together to make an even bigger element so we started with the beautiful birth of a baby star and now unfortunately we are reaching the end of its life and again this does take about Ten billion years for a star to go through the full cycle. Our uh, the sun, our star, is about halfway through this process right now. So it's still mostly hydrogen, um, but eventually, in about five billion years, it will no longer have any energy source to do any more fusion. Just like a car runs out of gas um, and it stops um, on a completely giant level. Um, that's what's happening to a star. So what's gonna happen from here is that the star is going to kind of do a final push. So it's going to try and start fusing all of the tiny, tiny amounts of hydrogen that are left on the surface of the star. So we have an iron core and it gets a little bit less dense as you go out. So it's trying to fuse all of this last hydrogen and what this is going to cause the star to do is it's going to start to swell because now we're fusing the outside of the star last hope so it's going to swell and it's going to get more red so it's cooling down a little bit because red is one of the uh, cooler colors when it comes to a flame right so we have the blue hot flame or we have the red cooler flame so it's it's getting a little bit cooler <sighs> but unfortunately it's trying its hardest, but it is going to uh, get overtaken by gravity, and gravity is going to shrink it to a tiny, tiny ball, and simultaneously, we are going to have a planetary nebula. So a planetary nebula is when you have a burst of the outer shell, and then the inner core goes out. Ahead and shrinks in this planetary nebula it will be ginormous it will be about twice as large as a solar system so it shoots out so if our star uh, our Sun were to do this we would die immediately but it does make a very very pretty glowing color so we've gotten some very very pretty pictures of this um, so we have this center hot piece of rock so it glows white because it's so so hot But the issue is that there's no more energy that's being created. So just like if you were to have like a hot piece of coal, this coal is eventually going to go ahead and get black and cold. And so we go from this bright, hot thing we call a white dwarf and it turns into a black dwarf. And it is just sitting out there in the middle of space and it essentially does nothing. So we are still missing some things. We've accounted for a lot of the elements, especially the ones that are in our body, but we still haven't found how we're going to go ahead and um, make the elements such as gold or silver that we see every day because a star doesn't have the ability to make these in in its inner core because it's just not warm enough. So we've been talking about stars that are the size of our sun, but if during star formation all the way back to a planetary nebula the dust and gas if it gets enough um, mass so it has to be about 10 times bigger than our sun it becomes something called a supermassive star and it goes through a very similar cycle where it goes to fusion it creates a giant although if it's a supermassive star it's called a red supergiant. Um but at the end, it's so, so, so massive that it doesn't get to just collapse in on itself to a planetary nebula. It is so incredibly dense and so incredibly hot that it is going to do a supernova. And so a supernova is exponentially larger than a planetary nebula. And it's going to spread matter and all of the stuff inside of it at like 25 thousand miles per hour Um, in this explosion alone gets to about a billion degrees Fahrenheit and that is how a majority of the elements that we have here on earth are made Um, so anything bigger than iron is made in a supernova explosion and as you might have guessed the supernova explosion will cool down a little bit and it will become um, the dust and gas that will eventually start birthing baby stars so um, in our bodies we have lots of hydrogen we have some helium um, and we have carbon obviously some oxygen and these elements are the exact same elements that are the most common in the universe so we are special i don't doubt that however we are um, just made up of the exact same things that the rest of the universe are made up of So, also during the supernova explosion, we create um, two of the absolute coolest physics mind-blowing things, I guess, which are neutron stars and the universal favorite of black holes and we won't get into those today but these are created during the supernova explosion black holes are just for the biggest 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 of stars out there and then supernova explosions um, are still stars that are like ten times bigger than our Sun um, sorry Neutron stars are for stars that are about 10 times bigger than our Sun. But if you want to become a black hole, you have to be way, way, way bigger than that. So just to totally round this out, um, our Sun, all of the stars had to have been birthed birthed from a supernova explosion. Um, and so here we are made up of basically a supernova explosion that has cooled down and then Formed a star and that also did form the earth so on and so forth and here we are our beautiful humans So thank you for journeying with me through my favorite star cycle. um, Well my favorite cycle of all times um, And I hope you loved it and there's a million more things you could get into such as the um, Herschel Russell diagram or um, All of that fun stuff, Um, but here's a very basic cycle Um, beautiful pictures of this cycle are made by NASA, beautiful pictures by Hubble, um, and hopefully more exciting pictures coming from the Webb Space Telescope. So I hope you have a wonderful day, future stars, and I will talk to you soon.